0: This sermon is brought to you by Shofar Christian Church. We hope that you will be blessed by this message. Our audio and video sermons are also available on Shofar TV to download and share. So I'm continuing with a series called Spirit Wars. And to give you some context, when it comes to the fivefold ministry, apostolic, prophetic, pastoral, teaching, and evangelistic, I've been, in a sense, we've been focusing on the teaching culture, uh, this term. So I've been going into some, some hectic truths, some really challenging stuff that we've been, been tackling. I think this morning again will be maybe a bit challenging. Uh, some areas I'm going to go to. But the, 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 big, the big reason why we're doing this is because we desire the, the divine presence. We desire God. We desire to be in God's presence. So if you and I want to enter the divine presence, we need the divine truth. It's the divine truth. It leads us into the divine presence. Without divine truth, you will be led into someone else's presence. And it's not God. Okay? So it's very important we need to know the truth. And we need to, so that we can position ourselves in the right place. Okay, so uh, the beginning of the Bible. Let's start at Genesis. Originally God made man. And uh, it was all good. Come on, say good. It was good. It was good, male, female, together in the garden, naked. Man, it could only be good. <laughs> married, 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 naked in the garden. That's good. Okay. So so everything was good, and then things went, went, went wrong. Things didn't work out well. The end result was because of the sin of people, God had to move. Adam and Eve out of the garden, out of Eden, out of paradise, outside, and there was the angels positioned at the entrance of the garden of Eden with flaming swords and they could not get back in. So paradise was lost. Paradise was lost. They was they were moved outside and they lost so much of what they had with God. And so I want to sort of Paint that picture for you that mankind has lost paradise. We've lost Eden. And we're outside, and something has gone wrong on the inside of us because of that what's called original sin, the curse of original sin. Something's gone wrong. We've lost paradise. We're outside. And everything within us wants paradise back. There's something on the inside of us that wants to get back to paradise every human every every person on this planet is looking for fulfillment looking for something to complete them would you agree we're looking for something for peace for joy for something to complete us you see originally when when paradise was lost when we were moved outside of paradise Something went wrong on the inside, and there's this hole now. It's called like a hole in your soul that only God can fulfill. Every human being on the face of the earth, a hole in the soul, and only God can fulfill. So everybody's desiring God, even if they don't know it. They're desiring fulfillment. They're desiring paradise. They are pursuing paradise, but they don't know where is paradise. They don't have to find paradise. And so we all try different ways and means to find fulfillment. Fulfillment. So uh, I don't know if you've ever experienced this. I, <clears throat> this week I've been just evaluating my own life and evaluating myself. And I was like, you know, there's been seasons of my life where things are so easy when it comes to following God. It's just so easy. It's just it comes so naturally. It's easy to pray. It's easy to fast. It's easy to obey God. It's just easy. And then there are other seasons that I feel, why the heck is this so hard? Who's ever experienced this? like, this is hard. Just to keep your heart on track. Just to sort of, not even like bad sin. It's just like, this is like something's continuously wanting to pull your heart away. You know, that's why I, I felt this week. I'm, I told Sonica, this is why is this so hard? You know? And I was evaluating. I realized every time it worked, it was because it was the grace of God. You see, what happens is some of us, when you become a Christian, you forget how bad it was before you knew Jesus. You forget how messy it was. You forget how, how big a mess you were. You know, so to, to think back. If you have an intimate relationship with Jesus today, think back of the times in your life That you did not have that intimate relationship. I don't know about you, but when when this was a mess for me. I had no sense of purpose, I had no sense of destiny, I didn't know who I was, I didn't like myself, I didn't have peace on the inside. Sundays were depression, Sundays it was just like I hated Sundays, you know, before I came to find Christ. And so it's like this question, what's what is wrong? Why is it so hard just to be Passionately following Jesus with everything within you, never looking to the side. Why is this so hard, Jesus? I was asking that question this morning. So I hope this encourages you because so maybe you think, I don't have issues. I do. I also battle with stuff. I also battle with distractions. I want to, like, wholesale, wholehearted, just follow Jesus. But something is always just pulling one off that wonderful path with Christ. And, and, and I realized the reason. We, we experience this is because originally there was paradise. Everything was good. Then things went south. And now we find ourselves in a space of a hole in the soul that only God can fulfill. And nothing else will satisfy. Do you know that? Nothing else will satisfy you. This is what I'm like. Nothing else will satisfy. So, look, look, look at this. I want to I wanna look at... Um, How do we find God and how do we get back to paradise? That's what I want to answer this morning. How do you and I get back to paradise? This side of eternity. Not only one day when we go to heaven, but this side of eternity. How do we get back? So I want to answer that question. So look at this, Jeremiah 17. It it gives us part of the problem, that hole in the soul that only God can fulfill. In this week, Sonica's parents were staying with us, and they were sharing. But an old, old school friend of Sonica, they, they lived in the same street as Sonica did. My wife, Sonica, for those who don't know. Lived in the same street, and this lady is now in her mid-40s. She was a bit older than Sonica, in mid-40s, and uh, she committed suicide. So we were asked, well, what, what happened? Why, what, why did this, why, why, what went wrong? And it seems that first marriage failed, second marriage failed, and it seems the third marriage failed. That she just didn't know how to get out. How to get out of the pit. How to get out of this hole. How to get out of this, something's wrong. You know, she tried to commit suicide and someone saved her from the first attempt. And then she did it again and she was successful. But I was listening to the story and I just realized, I mean, this is the, the young girl that was playing with Sonic when they were little kids on the street. Innocent. Friends, 30 years later, they take their life. And I'm like, what the heck is wrong? What is wrong with our world? You see, if we don't understand that there's something wrong, we, we, we won't find a solution. And so the first thing is we need to understand something's wrong. And then we need to say, well, what is the solution? Now, mankind has discovered that there is a problem in every society, in every culture. We are all aware that something's wrong. And so what is the result of that? The result is people have created religion to try and find their way back to God. But then, let me read this verse first. Jeremiah 17. It says, the human heart is the most deceitful of all things. Say all things. All things, yeah. All things. That's, that's hectic. <clears throat> and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? But I, the Lord, search all hearts and examine secret motives. God knows. God knows the problem that we have on the inside. And He says, I give to all people their due rewards according to what their actions deserve. But originally, when, when we moved from out of paradise, something went wrong on the inside. Our hearts became wicked, became corrupt. And these hearts, they will choose any path to fulfillment, sometimes except Christ. It's like if there's 100 options, one is Jesus, we're going to choose the other 99. That, that's sort of how mankind's heart is wired. And, uh, and so we've seen that we need help. And then we started to create religions all across the world. We have different religions that acknowledge the fact we have problems on the inside. And now we've created these different religions to find our way back to paradise, to God. But the question is, which way is true? Or are all of them true? That's a good question. So I want to show you a picture of a chasm, a bridge, or no bridge. I hope you can see that. That is sort of what's happened. We've been removed out of paradise. We have this massive chasm between God and us. We want to build our way back, and we're trying to build rickety little bridges that don't really work. And uh, so we can find get paradise, so we can find fulfillment, so that we can find Peace on the inside, so that we can know true fulfillment. So, we want, we're building preachers. Now, religion is a pathway to God, and often it is based upon external rules and regulations. External rules and regulations. So, it's like, I must stop being a bad person, I must stop doing bad things. You know, even many Eastern religions they have a whole lot of fasting, so the flesh must die, so that we can find nirvana. So we can find paradise, so we can find true fulfillment. So even in Islam, you'll find that women are told to wear burqas. That's where they cover the whole body, only see the eyes, you know. So I can imagine, it's not even in the Quran that they should do it, but uh, I can just imagine there's a whole lot of guys that realize, man, we've got lust problems. Okay, women are problems. Women, cover yourself, man. So they are covered. Can I tell you it's not solving the problem. There's a whole lot of men in the Muslim world still battling with lust. Why? Because the heart is deceitful and wicked and wants to go where it shouldn't go. So external rules and regulations will never solve it. But in the same way in, in, in Christianity we also tend to go to rules and regulations trying to solve the problem that's on the inside. The problem that only Jesus can Truly fulfilled. Okay, so building of bridges across the chasm. There are a whole lot of mediators. There are you know, holy men that point us to the way, to the other side, to the one true God. i look at a few examples. Oprah is also a holy woman, I guess, trying to point the way. She says one of the biggest mistakes humans make is to believe there's only one way. There are many Diverse paths leading to what you call God. That's what she says. I don't agree, but uh, that's what she says. Uh, uh, Mahatma Gandhi says, Religions are different roads converging upon the same point. What does it matter that we take different roads so long as we reach the same goal? Sounds so wonderful. Take any road, it will get you to the same place. Now let's try that in real life. I get on the N2 and I it North to Umtata. I'm driving to Umtata, but I want to go to PE. How's it going to work, people? That's not going to work very well. But it's weird that when it comes to real life, we think, you know, truth. But when it comes to spirituality, we become weird. Always lead to the same place. Okay, that's interesting. And another guy says there, this is a 13th century Persian Sunni Muslim poet, he says, every prophet and every saint has a way, but all lead to God. All ways are really one. All ways are really one. And then we have Jesus. Now let's look at what Jesus says. And Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So who's right? He says, no one. No one. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus saying, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. In other words, there's no life outside of Jesus. That's what he's saying. There is no truth outside of Christ. And there's no other way except one way. Now you might say, hey, that's really, really dogmatic. As I heard someone said, recently, no, it's bulldogmatic. Jesus is bulldogmatic. It's like, come on, Jesus, that is wild. How can that be? How, who, who is right? I know there are many people in the world. I hope most of us don't ask that question too much, but I wanna I wanna answer this question to us. Why is Jesus, the mediator, different than any other mediator? I mean, who's right? How do you know who's right? How do you know which way is the right way? Okay, well, let's look at Jesus. Okay, so let's look at ask you a question. Okay, so um <clears throat> Do you know of any religious leaders over the ages who've claimed to be God? Yes. More, more than Jesus. There are others as well. Okay, okay. So we have a whole lot of nut jobs thinking they they God. Okay. Any religious leader who claimed to be God who died for the sins of the world, who said, I'm going to die for everybody's sins. Mm, uh, I, I they may, may be, Maybe there's some other guy beyond Jesus that, that also said, hey, "I am going to die now for everybody," and he died. OK, but third question: Any person that you know that after he died rose three days later, after he proclaimed to be God, after he proclaimed to die for the sins of the world, and then he was risen from the dead, and he was seen by 500 eyewitnesses. Anybody like that? Uh, we, we, we're, not, we're, we're not moving past all competition there. Just on that one, so five, 500 eyewitnesses that saw Jesus risen from the dead. That's wow. That's wow. So Jesus is standing, he's standing apart from the rest. Now let's take it further and we look at, are there any religious leaders who have prophecies about their life that is 400 plus years old that points to how he will live? and how he will die, and who he is, like there is with Jesus. So in the Old Testament, 400 B.C., and earlier, 800 B.C., we have prophecies written by the prophets that says there is a man that's coming. Yeah, a son will be born unto us, and he will be born from a virgin. In other words, the woman won't know a man, but she, he will be born by God. Any, any virgin birth? Uh, no. <sighs> but Jesus. Um, he will be born in Bethlehem. He, he will be of everlasting. He will, he will be like God. It will be God that would be birthed. And he would be born in Bethlehem. And then he would later come from Nazareth. And then he would do signs and wonders and miracles, which the eyewitness account said he did. And then he will be betrayed by his own friends, Judas, for 30 pieces of silver. And he will be pierced in his hands and his feet. And he will be whipped and he will be scourged as the Old Testament prophecies point and then he will be with thieves at his death as he was on the cross with the two thieves next to him on the cross and yet then he will be risen for he will he will not know death he will come his soul will come back from the grave oh, there is no one like jesus you need to know this you need to know this because i want to point you back to paradise paul the apostle said to live is christ die is gain. So he said to live, if you want to live, if you want to live, you need Jesus. If you want to experience paradise now, you need Jesus. If you want to know God like no one else, you need Jesus. There's no one like him. He is the greatest mediator and yet he was God that died for us. He is loving There's no one like Jesus. I want to put, I want to I want, to, I want to point you back to the one that fills that hole in the soul that no one else can. Because, you know, some of us have given our lives to Jesus, but we're still trying to fulfill, get, find fulfillment in other places. You're coming to church, but in the week you still try and find fulfillment other ways. because the, the, the promise of this is going to make me happy. This is going to make me No, getting married's not going to make you happy. If you've got a hole in the soul and your partner's got a hole in the soul, It's going to be hell on earth, not paradise. Come on, all the married people say yay. It's true, true. You see, the only way you find true fulfillment is if that hole in the soul is fulfilled through Christ. And then you can enjoy life. Then you can have a a beautiful marriage. Then you can have healthy relationships. Then you can be. It's only through Jesus. There is no one like him. Look at this. Colossians 2 verses 6 to 10. And it, it emphasizes what I'm saying. It's saying, and now just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. You've accepted him, but now keep on following him. Because you're not going to find fulfillment anywhere else. It's, it's false paradises. You must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him. Let your fulfillment be found in Jesus. Paradise now. Come on, say paradise now. There's a picture here of what Jesus came. He came to build a bridge for us over the canyon, over the chasm, the cross. And that cross is available not just for one day when you go to heaven, That cross, that that bridge is available now for you to walk across spiritually speaking and into the very presence of God and to find true fulfillment. You see, but what happens is when we're not walking across and we find ourselves on the dark side, staying there on the dark side, then all our old stuff comes back. The hole in the soul is back. They're being indifferent and distracted and wanting to do what is wrong. All those things come back again because you need to walk across so that Jesus can fulfill you. It's not a once-off sort thing. It's a daily thing. It's a continuous finding Christ to bring fulfillment. Nothing, absolutely nothing, compares to this. I want to remind you. You know this, but I want to remind you. Nothing compares to an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. It's more than regulations and rules. It's more than external conformity. It's something that rocks your world on the inside. Jesus. Jesus. Now look at this. Verse 7, it says, Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. And verse 8, Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high sounding nonsense. I shared this last week. Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high sounding nonsense. That come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. In other words, don't let anyone come and tell you there is another mediator. There is another way. There is a better way than Jesus. Because none compared. It's just high sounding nonsense. It is just from human thinking. Another translation speaks about from, from human traditions. So even our traditions... To keep us from meeting Jesus. And this says from the spiritual powers of this world, to so their spiritual powers wanting to build these other fake bridges. So when you walk across it believing paradise, paradise is just a chasm that you fall into the end. Verse nine for in Christ lives all the fullness of God. Say fullness. In Christ is the fullness of God. If you're looking for God. Found in Christ. And verse 10. So you also are complete through your union with Christ. Come and say complete. Come and say, I am complete in Christ. You see, there's, not, there's, no, there's nothing that will compare. There is nothing else that will complete you. Only Jesus will complete that hole in the soul. And it's not a once-off prayer that I pray. It's a daily form of living. Jesus, fill me, fulfill me, complete me, make me whom I've been destined to be. No other bridge works, but they want to tell us they are the other bridge. So I want to quickly give you a, a principle. If you want to evaluate all the different philosophies, religions, and all of these things, how should you evaluate it? Well, anything that diminishes, is, diminishes Jesus is not the real way. Okay. Any belief system that diminishes Jesus Christ as our mediator is not the real deal. It's a false breach. Any belief system that feels that they need to add to Jesus Christ as our mediator is missing it. Okay? So I want to give you a few practical ways. Um, I don't want to step on toes for the sake of stepping on toes. But I just felt I need to put out a few things. Just give you a few examples of what I mean. Okay? So I'm not saying all of it is wrong. I'm just saying, hey, you're missing it. If you downscale Jesus... You're missing it. Let's upgrade who he is in our hearts and minds. Okay. So the the result is that if you say try other bridges or other ways, it's like you're wasting your prayers at best. At worst, you're destroying your life. Going down the wrong path. Going down the wrong bridge. Okay. So for instance, an example would be in Roman Catholicism, one of the aspects where they're missing it, the other stuff that they're not missing it, where they focus on Jesus, that's good. But then one of the areas they say, let's pray to, to Mary, okay? Praying to the saints is one of the things, also praying to Mary. There's a, a prayer that the Roman Catholics pray. They say, Hail Mary, full of grace. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Now that's a nice prayer. But it's a futile prayer. What happens? Someone dies. Their soul goes to heaven. They can't answer your prayers they, I mean, they, you can't pray to them. They can't hear your prayers. So praying to Mary will not help you. Why do you need to pray to anybody else but Jesus, the ultimate mediator who loves you, who understands I'm going to show that scripture in a moment. He understands our weaknesses. He understands what we're going through. He loves us. You can just go straight to Jesus. No, you don't need to go through the priest. You don't need to go through me. You don't need to ask me. You've got a straight connection from you to God the Father through Jesus Christ. Say, Amen. Straight. That's the real deal. So, so we need to understand that. 1 Timothy 2, it says, For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved. That's God's heart. He wants everyone to be saved. He wants everyone to go across the right bridge. The bridge. Christ and to come to the knowledge of the truth and then listen to this he says for there is one God and one mediator say one mediator between God and men the man Christ Jesus who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time there is one mediator don't be confused don't wonder about one mediator the friends in the Jehovah's witnesses for instance obviously nice people everybody nice people but they downgrade who Jesus is. They believe that Jesus is a created being. He is not God uncreated. Okay, so they downscale who Jesus is. In the Bible, we see even Genesis 1, it says, Let us make man in our image. Let us, okay? And then later on, we with Jesus uh, in John chapter 6 or so. The guys were asking him, so, so, so who are you, Jesus? And then at one point, he said to them, before Abraham was, I am. Same thing that God spoke to Moses when Moses asked God, okay, who, who should I tell Pharaoh? Who are you? Tell him, I am. I am. He is the great I am. He is the great glorious God. He is not a created being. He is God. Then another one, John ten seven. it says, then Jesus said to them again, Moses, surely I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep did not hear. Again, he said door. I am the door. I am the way. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, by me, he will be saved. And will go in and out and find pasture. Again, it's not a one off thing. It's a daily thing. Come in through Christ. Come to paradise every moment of the day. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. I have come to give life. Other bridges are like thieves and robbers that you miss out on paradise. You miss out on the fullness of God. So in in uh, Islam, for instance, um, Muhammad was born in 571 after Christ. So 500 years plus after Jesus already died and was resurrected. Now, in Islam, they believe Jesus to be a prophet, Isa. He's a prophet, but he's not God. And so, now what is interesting about this is, 500 years later, this is what what, what Muhammad basically said. He said, right, Jesus didn't actually die on the cross. He didn't actually die. It was someone else that took his place. Okay, now think about this. So you have... 33 A.D. If Jesus dying, resurrecting, 500 eyewitness accounts seeing Jesus, the whole deal, and then awesome revivals breaking out, God's trying to change the world. 500 years later, someone comes upon the scene and they try to rewrite history. Uh, it wasn't Jesus. You see, it's just, it's just foolish. Okay, hope you see that. Can you re- rewrite history? No. Okay, another one. Matthew 15:2-3. We're talking about getting to paradise. The real. We're talking about. Mediate to mayhem, the confusion between all the different ways. Now look at this. Matthew 15 verse 2, it says, they ask him, why do your disciples, this is the Pharisees that came to Jesus. He says, why do your disciples disobey our age-old tradition? So the Pharisees were offended because of the disciples of Jesus that weren't obeying tradition. It says, for they ignore our tradition of ceremonial hand-washing before they eat. Jesus replied, and why do you, by your traditions, violate the direct commandments of God? Now, that's a profound one. So, so Jesus taught his disciples to ignore that tradition. Now, the guys are offended with Jesus and say, We're offended with Jesus' disciples, and now Jesus hits back and he says, Oh, why do you guys disobey the direct commandments of God because of your culture, because of your tradition? Now, that's a good question for every culture represented here and in our country. You see, you need to evaluate. Oh, let let me ask this question. Your culture, how old is your culture? Afrikaner, maybe 100 years. How old are our cultures? 200 years, 300 years, 400 years. You see, culture is really powerful. And something I felt the Holy Spirit lay in my heart saying to me, culture either either propagates truth or falsehoods. Because it's my culture. So on a good sense, if it's truth from the Bible being instilled into our culture, it's good because it's propagating truth. But if it's not the truth, it is it is like a stronghold. Because how do people react and say, when you wanna, you, you're speaking the truth to them, and say, hey, this is what the Bible says. And you say, no, 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 hey, 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 no, you you, you, you can't. You, you, you're offending me now. You're touching my culture, and therefore you're touching my identity, because my identity is found in my culture for so many. And this is something we need to evaluate. We need to look at our culture, and we need to look fuller, a sift through it and evaluate what is biblical what is not what is of god what is not and what is not of god when it needs to fall away for instance in, in our culture you know when there's a bachelor's it gets wild you know so my, my brother-in-law uh, at his bachelor's there was a stripper there everybody got drunk it was chaos now this is to help the poor man have a wonderful marriage now, let's think about that. That's just crazy. Okay, so we want him to, um, you know, until death do we part. But you have a week before you have the strippers and everything else with it. It's like, no, man, that's just stupid. You know, so in our environment, in our, in our church environment, we've, we've redeemed the bachelors. At our bachelor, we'd have fun as well, but then we would actually pray over one another, encourage one another, speak godly wisdom to one another, an opportunity to empower the man to be a good husband. You see it? That's powerful. So he wants to redeem the culture instead of, hey, I'm getting married. Oh, it's a bachelor's. Oh, I have no choice. Let's just do it. Get drunk. Worship at the toilet. Oh, man, it's stupid. So... We need to put our foot down and say, no, 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 no. This is how we're going to do it. I say, anybody having a bachelor's anytime soon, you lay down the law. You tell them how it's going to roll and how it's not going to roll. Okay. So that's just one example. But in every one of our cultures, we need to evaluate what is of God, what is not of God, so we can deal with it. So we can pull the word of God through it. Now, I want to quickly ask you a question. What happens when someone dies? What happens to the soul? What happens to the spirit? Well, the Bible just reveals to us clearly when a soul dies, they either go to heaven or they go to hell. There's no intermediary. There's no intermediate place. And there's also ask the question, why would somebody that was just a normal human being suddenly fulfill the function of a God when they die? Okay, it's important to ask these questions. And to get the right answers. The truth is, there's no one that can hear our prayers except God. There's no one else that we can pray prayers to. There's no one else that can intercede. There's no other mediators. So even when it comes to the ancestors and trying to... The, the, the whole thing about ancestral worship is a, is a worldwide phenomenon. It's been for ages and ages and ages of trying to please the ancestors. And pleasing the ancestral spirits through sacrifices and pray so that we might be blessed in this life. So it's all across the world. The question is, is it true? And I want to say, like T'Challa said there, you are all wrong. If we looked at the scriptures, we need to ask ourselves, what is God's way and what is not God's way? So look at this a few verses concerning this. Isaiah eight verse nineteen. I'm gonna end off. Someone may say to you, Let's ask the mediums and those who consult the spirits of the dead. With their whisperings and mutterings, they will tell us what to do. But shouldn't people ask God for guidance? Should the living seek guidance from the dead? That's a powerful question. Should the living seek guidance from the dead? Now you can pull it through to a whole lot of things. Tarot card reading, um, you know, all those type of things. It says, should the living seek guidance from the dead? Why would we want to seek any other path than Jesus himself? Leviticus 20 verse 6, it says, I will also turn against those who commit spiritual prostitution by putting their trust in mediums or in those who consult the spirits of the dead. So the Bible speaks of it as spiritual prostitution. It's like Jesus saying, okay, so you're my, you know, you're my son or you're my daughter. We have this God connection I love you with my heart. I gave my life to you, but now you're going to others to find wisdom, to find guidance to to get direction. Now, at best, it's just a waste of time. At worst, it costs you your soul. There was this one uh, uh, such a story a lady was praying for a for a, a mom and a dad, and uh, they were going through major challenges. And uh, this lady who, who, who sees in the spirit, she was praying for them. And the next moment, she saw a, uh, a, like a, the, the bones in the ear. You know those bones? I don't know what you call it, but the three different bones. And uh, saw that in a money bag. That's the picture she saw while praying for this couple going through major challenges. And she asked this lady, what, what does this mean? And, and they started to cry, and they were very upset. And they said, no, years ago... They were going through business problems, financial problems. So they went to a Sangoma to get blessing. So the Sangoma said to them, okay, I'll bless you. Buy me some money. Yes, but then I want your daughter's hearing. I want your daughter's hearing. And they sort of laughed at said, that's just silly, rubbish. Well, over the next season, their daughter went deaf. And was still deaf at that time until they prayed and they broke that curse, and her hearing came back and she was set free. So it's real. The spirit realm is real. It's 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 not a joke. And if you go the wrong bridge, you will just fall into a abyss. You will fall into a chasm. If you look for help in the wrong places, you might get help, but you might get something you're also not looking for. So where do you where do you run to when you are in trouble? Ancestors can't help you; they're dead. Heaven or hell—that's it. They can't help you. So either the devil's going to help you or God's going to help you. There's no there's no other spiritual power. That's the only two sources of spiritual power in this world. Okay. So it says they who commit spiritual prostitution, those who consult the spirits of the dead, and God is very like, whoa, that's not good. Verse seven. So set yourselves apart to be holy. For I am the Lord your God. Okay, say amen. I did my bit for the glory of God. Now I want to shift gear just quickly. And uh, just focus on Jesus. This, This verse is just so powerful. Hebrews 4 verses 14 to 16. You see, every one of us, we're sitting here. I believe there are two extremes. Some of us. You know we've maybe committed our lives to Christ, but we are we, we're not crossing the bridge anymore. we're not crossing the bridge anymore we're not pursuing Jesus anymore for, as an intimate relationship we've sort of given up a it. I've prayed my little prayer, I hope I'm going to heaven, but I'm not crossing the bridge on a daily basis that, some of us some of us don't have that that desire or that passion or we've just given up hope. some others of us feel burdened we feel like it's just too much i can't do this it's just too much stuff i need to do i don't know how i can please god sufficiently i'm just so 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 many rules i've made up in my own head and my own heart that i'm i'm, I'm burdened with trying to please god and you're carrying that burden on your shoulder then there's the middle balance is when you know you're a child of god and you have a humble confidence knowing, no, I'm not coming based on my own abilities. I'm not coming based on my doing. I'm coming because of what Jesus did for me. Let me explain it like this. Some of us are trying in our own abilities again to build bridges to God. Instead of knowing with all our hearts that the, the sacrifice Jesus made for us is all sufficient. Some of us forget that we can't Make the kingdom of God come in our own ability. Some of us forget that when things worked, that it was the grace of God and not us. Because we think, man, yo, when I fasted at that time, that was really good. You know, the last two months, I am so battling to fast. The previous eight, nine months, it was like, whoa, this is so easy. Now I realize this is Jesus. When it works, it's Jesus. When it's not working, it's me. So when you prayed a prayer or you got up really early in the morning, you prayed for a, a whole lot of time, that wasn't you. That was the grace of God on you. When someone came to Christ, it wasn't because you were so good. It was because of the goodness of God manifesting through you. You know what's the good news? It's, it takes the pressure off. It takes it off. It's no longer like, I need to make some, something happen. It's just like, God, here I am, weak, small, little, nobody, me, I, need you. I need Jesus. I just, this week, I just realized, I need Jesus. I can't do this. And this is what this verse speaks about. It says, so then, since we have a great high priest who entered heaven, a great mediator, a great and glorious God who became flesh and opened the way for us, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses. Come and say weaknesses. He understands your weaknesses. Some of us think I first need to sort out my life and then I can come to Jesus. That is hogwash. No one can sort themselves out and come to Jesus. God gives grace to the humble, not to the self-made men. I mean, why do we go? Church is a hospital. You come to a hospital to get healed. You don't wait until you're healed and then you go to the hospital. Okay, I'm feeling good. Let's go to the hospital. That's stupid. I want to take the pressure off you. Some of us are carrying weights on our shoulders of trying to be something or be somebody that God has not called you to be in your own abilities. He's called you just to be. To be weak. The apostle Paul said. I rejoice in my weaknesses. So that the power of God. May raise the God only starts to work. When we come to the end of ourselves. The moment we think. We can do this. The moment we think. We can achieve this. Or build this bridge. In our own ability. we are going to miss God. You're going to miss God. So look at this. The, this high priest. Of ours understands our weaknesses. For he faced all of the same testings we do. Yet he did not sin. And then so let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy. And we will find grace to help us when we need it. I want to release this over you. God understands what you're going through. God understands your weaknesses. He understands the stuff in your heart. He understands everything you're wrestling with. And all he's asking is, come boldly to the throne of grace. To receive enablement, to receive empowerment. So that he can change you because you cannot change yourself. God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And I want to remind you again, you can't do this. Can't do this. You're not good enough. You're not strong enough. You're not smart enough. You can't do this. But with God, all things are possible. Amen. Thank you for listening. Remember that our sermon audio and videos are also available on Shofar TV. Go to www.shofaronline.tv to download and share.